I do think in our climate today, it's very common to shut things down and be, you can talk at someone, but not have a conversation. If you're having a conversation and like genuinely asking, you can like find genuine understanding in what someone else is saying. Hey there, you're listening to Virago Pod, a podcast that is dedicated to empowering and improving the physical and mental health of female athletes everywhere. This podcast is brought to you by The Virago Project, a nonprofit organization that helps female athletes balance sports with life. I'm your host, Emily McGee Zaslowski. And I'm your co-host, Taylor Tracy. Let's jump right into the episode. Hi, Virago Warriors, and welcome back to episode 28 of Virago Pod, where today we have Linnea Gonzalez from Team USA Field Hockey joining us. This is kind of a part one episode for our conversation we're having next week as well. Uh, it's covering a similar topic, and that's feeling like you don't always fit in. On today's podcast, Linnea, who obviously many would consider a top tier athlete on Team USA Field Hockey, talks about getting cut from teams and shares tips and tricks for how she's navigated creating team unity and inclusiveness um, in interesting times right now that we're going through uh, in the political climate that we're in. So. These Some examples we talk about is setting boundaries for your mental well-being with a roommate or having these tough conversations when someone may not have the same political views or belief systems that you do. I really love this conversation, and especially as a fellow introvert, I had some questions for her, and I was very happy to find out she was an introvert too, so she gave some tips on building connections and creating that team environment um, to cultivate those meeting relationships with her teammates that I think a lot of our listeners will find very, very useful. Next week's episode, we have an athlete who stopped playing sports in high school, but decided to major in exercise and sports science and feels kind of out of place in her workplace since she's getting internships in the sports industry. And a lot of times her colleagues or managers all have more playing experience that she has. And she feels like it's kind of this club of um, elite athletes where she's on the outside looking in, trying to get the same opportunities. So I think it's a, a good reminder. And hopefully these two episodes will help normalize that everyone feels out of place at times. And honestly, feeling out of place is probably more the norm than feeling comfortable with where you're at a lot of the times. Okay, that is it. So let me bring on Linnea now and we will get into today's episode. Okay, on the line now, I have Linnea from Team USA Field Hockey joining us to share some of her experiences. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, well, I, I'm excited to get more into your athletic background because I know it, but our listeners, I mean, honestly, some of our listeners probably know you who are in field hockey, but for those that aren't uh, in the field hockey world, I'm really glad they get a chance to know you today because um, a lot of these experiences are going to be pretty similar among sports and field hockey at least from what I know, it's a pretty regional sport. There wasn't much of it in the, like I grew up in kind of in a small town in the Midwest and we didn't have field hockey growing up. And so I didn't get experienced it till I went to an ACC school. So I'm, I, I've really enjoyed learning the sport. Um, and, and that's something we're trying to highlight more the different sports that don't always get mainstream. So thanks so much for coming on and helping uh, bring some awareness, not only about mental health in sport, but also just uh, an awesome sport that doesn't get as much attention as it should in all parts of the country. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's mainly like a East Coast sport, 
there's some in California, but yeah, Midwest, it's still growing. So still new, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an awesome sport because anything that can get more, you know, young women playing a sport, I think it's going to be awesome. So I'm excited for it to, cause it's like slowly spread in, spreading in wise. So I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so I guess, so first off, anyone looking at your resume, well, I guess here first, tell me a little bit of your athletic background and how you kind of got to where you are with Team USA. Okay, so I started playing in third grade around age seven, went all through like high school clubs, rec teams. Um, and then I played at the University of Maryland and um, also played in like junior national squads. And now I'm currently on the women's national team. So I think a lot of times, you know, that's like the dream for many young athletes, both women and men to make Team USA, make the national team. And I think a lot of times it's normal to just really idealize their lives and their careers and just see that everything must be perfect for them. And it's hard to see that they're struggling too. So what are the, some of the struggles that you've had to overcome in your athletic career? I think ones that stand out the most to me are, um, like within that junior national squad and throughout the pipeline, like getting selected for teams, like some, sometimes you'll make a team, sometimes you won't. And you just have to learn to keep going and um, overcome those obstacles alongside with the mindset piece. Um, like you can, you can either get down when you're not selected or you can learn to keep going. So I think both of those in unison, like getting selected for a team and, okay, what can I do next to improve? Like, those are definitely some challenges that people often overlook. Oh yeah, no, I, so I would have never guessed. I had, I, I wanna say a pretty traditional experience for a lot of women collegiate athletes who they probably made their high school team because the talent wasn't um, always the greatest as like travel teams. They probably were recruited where schools are asking them to come. So it is a weird concept of like, I bet you a lot of elite athletes who stopped at the collegiate level never really like, besides maybe not making like varsity as a freshman in their high school team, but they probably, like I never would have guessed. I just would have assumed there's like a pipeline where everyone's pretty much just begging you to play, not really the competitiveness of, yeah, getting cut is a reality at this level and it just happens and and having the confidence to kind of come back from it is, uh, how do you keep your confidence that even after you get cut, that no, I'm still, I'm still worthy or I'm still good enough and I should keep trying and keep trying out for a team next year. I think what helped me, especially at a young age was like talking to my parents and getting feedback, but also getting like feedback from the coaches. Like, what can I approve upon? Or like, what did you see when we had this tournament and we were selecting, right? Cause like, if you don't know that you can't improve it. So just like having that reflection and also asking for feedback is where it can help you like take that next step forward. Yeah, I think that's actually really good advice because it's something that I would never have thought, like when I got, cause I got cut from certain teams when I was like 12 or 13 years old and I was just kind of embarrassed and I was like, oh, I'm not good enough. And I, instead of like really trying to change something, if you don't know what you need to change or work on, like you may have it in your head, I messed up 
at this specific area of my skill set, and this is what I need to work on. But the coaches may not even have realized that and been looking for something else. So I think that's a really good thing. Um, and it sounds like you have that relationship with your parents too, that they can be honest with you. And it's not just sugar coating rainbows. They're like, no, I think this is where compared to other people, um, you can improve. So I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it, it's something that happens a lot in women's sports is the idea of like, getting constructive criticism isn't a sign of weakness. That doesn't mean you're a failure. That doesn't mean you're wrong. Um, but so much, I think women athletics, they have this pressure to kind of put best foot forward, not show that anything's upset, um, both in sport and your personal life. So, and it can impact us. Like I know I've had stuff that happened to me in my personal life that definitely impacted Emily as the volleyball player. So have you had any struggles in your life outside of athletics that you've had to address to make yourself a better athlete as well? Yeah, I think back to college and I think that was the most like challenging time of my life because, well, so far, because just like going in freshman year in a new environment and a new team, new people, all of that, Um, and just adapting to change and adapting to a new level like that would be one I know I struggled like my first year with like nutrition and eating disorders that type of thing and that definitely can play right into on the field because not only does it affect your body it's affecting your mind and how like your spirit is too so yeah I think in college there were a lot of things that played into that and um those like off the field factors also need to be addressed because if not it can come out on the field it can come out in your relationships um it can come off on how you're treating people so uh yeah college with just like eating disorders my relationships and um even like injuries, just taking care of your mental health in that sense. So you can be your best self and you can also like be there fully for others too. I love that you brought that up because I've talked about it briefly on another podcast of like, when I, my, when my mental health is not well, I take things that people say extremely critically. Like I have a really hard time seeing their intention in it. So if you're struggling yourself, it's going to be really hard for you to really be open with teammates and coaches who might be giving you, like you said, constructive criticism or even um, just like trying to have a relationship with you. It's easy to be extra that. And then you definitely can't turn it around and be the teammate or, or player that you want to be. So are there any boundaries that you've set for yourself personally to either protect your mental well-being or physical health? Yes, there, there's um, two that I would say I try and incorporate day to day. Uh, The first one would be creating time for myself to get my like eight hours of sleep. Cause I know that if I don't have that, I'll be cranky or just low energy. So whether that's like, if I'm hanging out with the family and I need to say, okay, I'm going to bed. Like I need to go to bed, just like stating that boundary. So it's known and you can create that for yourself. Um, I also would consider myself an introvert. So I recharge with my alone time. So whether we're on a trip, an away trip, and you have a roommate, just like creating time for yourself. um, So you can like keep your sanity, keep your energy high and um, keep your mental health all good too. 
Yeah, no, that's a good one too, because all teams are going to be made up of different athletes with different personalities. And I am also like one that like values my alone time that even now, like I like will take 10 minutes to myself, like with, even with a child, like I'll be like, Hey, um, my husband who works from home, I'm like, can you take 10 minutes? Cause I need to just go sit outside by myself because it's not even like this baby's not even talking to me, but like alone time for me is something that like, I really value and just being outside for like having some fresh air. Um, how have you found, because, and I could, and I did the same thing. I didn't say anything to anyone in college and I'd have really chatty roommates and I wanted to make friends, obviously. So I didn't want them to think I didn't like them. How did you go about telling, let's say a roommate that you're, you're sharing it that like, Hey, this is obviously you don't have to say, this is my boundary, but how did you go about having that, that conversation and how did it turn out for you? Um, I think two ways, I think one, the more you spend time with someone, the more they can kind of like understand you. So if you're with your roommate for like a week, they kind of get to know your tendencies and such. Um, I think also if you do communicate that and have the conversation like, yeah, I like to do this, like, what do you like? So it's kind of like a two-way street and you can still like understand each other, but also get to know like each other's needs. Yeah, I think that's good because honestly, if a teammate said that to me, even though I am an introvert, I wouldn't see them any differently, but like, it's easy to think like, it's easy to be afraid to like, say like, Hey, I just need a minute. Like, cause you think people are going to take it the wrong way, but really I, there's more people like that than you think. So like, if you just say like, Hey, I need to call my mom for 15 minutes every night, like whatever it is that you need to, that's good for you. I think you'd be surprised that everyone will understand it. Cause it might not be exactly that, that they have going for them, but it might be, they might do yoga. They, they might have something else that they do that. Of course they're going to understand it. And speaking up is going to be very beneficial for you in the long term. Yeah. And even if they don't completely understand, like as long as you're doing what you need so you can bring like the best you into like the next moment, that's what matters. They don't necessarily have to understand every bit of it, but if you know it's gonna help you, then it's fine. That's a great, yeah, that's so well put, I like that. Um, so you have played, like you said, you've played on many different teams and I'm sure like with that, like with your trying out for different things, the teams look different each year, the coaches could be different each year. Um, and there's been a lot of, in my, on my personal teams, there's always kind of like pulls when it comes to the strategy part of games, like what type of in volleyball, we have different like rotations and positions and where we start different plays we run. And I'm assuming field hockey probably has similar intricacies of the strategy, uh, but also off the field, um, we've had different feelings on partying during seasons, um, you know, relationships, outside relationships, relationships with family, even political views, um, which in these very polarizing climates can be uh, kind of tough. So what do you recommend, or I guess, is have you had experience with this on your different teams? And what do you recommend when you're talking to someone about who may have a different uh, perspective or belief? Yes, absolutely. I feel like being on a team, there's no way you can get away from that. So you have to embrace it. I mean, there's not a moment you're not going to have conflicting views on a team. But I think with that, it's important to like have a conversation if your views don't match up and be willing to listen to their point of view because like that 
that can give you insight onto what they're feeling and why they're thinking that way. And it could also make them more open to open to listening to you as well. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily like shutting down their opinions or perspectives initially, just because it's different. I think we can listen more and um, just like try and put ourselves in their shoes and understand why, why are you thinking that way? Or even asking the question like, why are you thinking that way? What makes you think this? So it's just clear understanding. Yeah, I think those are, are great questions because it comes, and it, and it can be still like, you may be, your mind may be going to like judging them or making assumptions, but by asking that, it just takes a step back and like really gives them and you the opportunity to not jump to conclusions. Because I know sometimes there's experiences where I've met someone that I did like someone in high school that I didn't agree with is really outspoken about certain things that were just against uh, what I believed in necessarily. And then all of a sudden, if I find out someone has one similar trait to that, even though that's not even like the belief that they're talking about, <clears throat> I automatically go and kind of lump them all into the same category, which just isn't fair. And then can, these aren't your teammates who you're going to be working with. Um, how has, I guess, so how has that strategy, because I think it's very common just to kind of shut someone down, even ignore them, not have that conversation. How has that kind of conflict resolution style of having that conversation worked for you? Yes, I think it's still going off of like posing questions to someone else because I do think in our climate today, it's very common to shut things down and be, you can talk at someone but not have a conversation. If you're having a conversation and like genuinely asking, you can like find genuine understanding in what someone else is saying. Um, so I think just listening is very important because if you're just talking at someone, that's not gonna want them, make them want to listen to you. But if you're actually like engaging and curious about where they're coming from to come to like be at a place of understanding, I think that definitely helps with embracing the different perspectives. That makes sense. And like you said before, it gives you a greater chance of them listening to you, because if you're just talking at them, they're not going to want to hear why your beliefs are that either. But if you give them a genuine opportunity to uh, voice their opinions and why you feel that way. And, and if you, you don't necessarily have to agree with it, but if you can respect that, like, I'm going to listen, I, if you can respect them enough to listen to them, and then they're much more likely to listen to you, which is going to be what where that dialogue can be most impactful, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think it's powerful to be curious, like always asking questions, because even if you don't see their side, you can still gain knowledge yourself. So just keep asking questions and listening too. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really important um, because there's so much stuff that, and it can be as small things as I've had teammates that are, uh, well, I guess religion is a big, you know, I don't want to say it's a small thing, but it's a really big thing. But genuinely myself growing up Christian, I did not have a good understanding of any other religion. And then there's a lot of things that maybe I got from Hollywood or just stereotypes, but it was like really interesting. So it's not like I necessarily think they're wrong. Like I think everyone's religion is great and they can have that, but it was really interesting then having the opportunity to learn about these different religions and like from a place of genuine, not like 
I'm challenging your religion, but coming from a place of like, this is a part of your life that's really important to you. And I do feel like it ended up getting a much closer connection with these teammates. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. It builds connection either way. So. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, how have you found, like when you are go to like Team USA, what is the percentage of people that you've played with before versus that's new that like you've never met? I think everyone I've played with at some point in my life, or even if I haven't played with them, the hockey world is kind of like so small that everyone knows each other. So in some way, shape or form, we all like know each other like that. Yeah. So that's the, like the really cool reminder of someone that you may have played with five years ago on a summer, like youth national league, who would have known that now you guys are going to be working together. And the fact that you had that like relationship being built, it's like, oh yeah, no, I'm excited to work with this person again in the future. Like, or we already had a good vibe. So, and I'm sure, although, you know, sports, we don't want to say is political. I'm sure having good relationships with your teammates and coaches, especially is going to be something like if all things are equal, if this person's played with a lot of players and has a good relationship with the coaches and this person rubs their teammates the wrong way, it's like that does have a component on, on teams. Yeah. So as an introvert also, so I'm really glad you are too. Cause like my next question is going to be from someone who's an introvert and just has a hard time making friends. Um, and I'd like to think not because I'm like, you know, standoffish mean, or it's just like, I just have a hard time putting an effort um, to like text people to ask them to hang out because a lot of times it's just easier for me. Like it's in my comfort zone just to like hang out by myself, do my own thing, do my like, and that's just my personality. Um, so what message would you send to people that feel like they don't have those relationships to have this conversation? I think again, going off of this point, but I think you can observe observe and absorb a lot from listening like even if someone's not necessarily talking to you if you're listening and soaking in what they're saying and kind of like picking up on what works for them and all that I think you can learn a lot about someone too um and I think another thing is the more you get to know someone and spend time with them, be around them, the more of a connection you can form too. So maybe you don't have like that relationship right now to have a conversation with them. But if you keep spending time with them and um, just like being a good teammate, like that can help build your connection. And then maybe you can have that conversation sooner rather than later. No, I think that's good because um, it's really, it seems really easy for some people as an introvert. Like I see people just like walk into a locker room, even when like there were recruits visiting at college, I remember being like shocked and caught off guard. Cause I was like, Whoa, you are just like already the light of the room. You're making friends with players. Cause I remember on my recruiting visits, I like sat in the corner and then like people were changing and I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to the <laughs> bathroom. Like, I was just like, this is not for me. Um, so if, uh, I guess, so you, you are an introvert. I am an introvert. I was surprised how like people want to make friends. So that's the one advice I'm going to give to people. It's like, if you're an introvert and think people don't want to be your friend, that's just like not true. People are looking for new friends, especially if you're a teammate. Do you have any tips or encouragement for introverts who are like, like, like how have you, has your friend finding process gone when coming from an introvert as well? Yeah, I think just, I like having one-on-one -on -one conversations with people versus like in a big group. Cause I feel like it's more like 
intimate and you can really like get to know someone more I don't mind being in groups either like like I like talking to people and being around people uh, I just feel like I recharge on my own but I think if you do want to have that conversation maybe have more one-on-one -on -one time so it's more personal and not just like that in front of everyone no that is such a that is perfect advice because that's how I am too like I make my really good friends when I go to with them in the dining hall grab a coffee with them like walk home with them from practice and that's just like much more like on these podcasts I have no problem talking sharing my stories telling people because it's like one person but when there's people that sometimes in the best way like are the spotlights on them like I think that's really funny like I enjoy that but I like I'm not about to be the one that's like it's just draining for me after it like if I if I do do that too much and I feel like I'm putting on a show it's like very draining for my emotional like well-being um, so I think that's really good advice really focus on one-on-one -on -one time with people so that's good yeah and everyone's different too so maybe maybe you like having conversations as a group like that's also okay but I think finding what works for you that's important because not everyone's the same. No, that's, that's so good. Um, so that is all the questions I had about kind of like teammate and the communication wise. Do you have anything else you want to leave our listeners with on terms of can be anything from inspiration, sports, women, mental health, like what makes a good teammate, um, anything on the, the spectrum? Um, a strong woman is usually told not to show weakness. But I feel like a strong woman to me is someone who is resilient, but also can be vulnerable and have those like low points and work through them and also be willing to ask for help and ask for help too. Because I feel like those lows are where you can find the most growth and learning. So it, it's not all going to be rainbows and butterflies all the time but I think that if you can ask for help and be vulnerable then that gives you strength too I love that because it's so hard when you're like in it that you don't want to show like a crack but coming from sportswoman after sportswoman who's saying this it's like it is so much harder to ask for help like that is the sign of strength like when you can put yourself out there be vulnerable admit that hey i'm not perfect admit like hey i've got stuff going on um hey i've got parts about my personal life that are impacting me the fact that you can open up and the fact that you're having conversations to help understand teammates viewpoint all those things it'd be easier if you didn't do those things so that's like that's not like what a strong stoic person should be. So like, we're all for like, like, I'm not really a crier, but like, if you are a crier, it is okay to cry. Like that is therapeutic as heck for a lot of people. And that is not, that does not mean like you are bad or wrong or like emotional. Like that's the problem that too many words get thrown on um, to people who cry. And that's just not, cause I'll say men and like anyone who cries is all of a sudden has this connotation. And that's just not fair. And so like, I think the more you can hear from obviously I stopped playing in college. You are an elite athlete and you are hearing this person say that like, Hey, no, it is strength to ask for help. It is strength to take care of yourself, to set these boundaries, to communicate these boundaries, um, to, to, to not be afraid to say that I am not, you are not weak, but to not be afraid. I am not perfect. I think is awesome to hear. Yeah. Like I had a little ankle injury over the quarantine period and 
like we were on lockdown. So we were doing our like conditioning and lifts on our own and stuff. And I remember calling my trainer. I was like, something's just not right. I feel like something off. Um, like, I just need help. I need more help. And I was just like crying, but it felt so good afterward because I let someone in and they can actually help me get on the right path, you know? So yeah, like the people around you. And I think that's what people think either they're athletic trainers or a nutritionist. If you're having eating, like eating problems, your coach, if you're having any, honestly, your coach would help with a myriad. You think that they're going to see you differently, but it's so nice to have someone on your side. Like these people do want to help you and they're not just concerned. You're not just a chess piece on their chessboard. They do care about you as the person. Um, part of it selfishly because they want you to be the best player you can be for their team sure but part of it Mm -hmm. is like they are human too and like human nature doesn't want people to like suffer to be in pain to they want everyone to overcome so I think that's a really good reminder yeah and then if you're at like practice or just like in school or something and you're having an issue then at least they know and you're proactive in communicating that so you're on the same page yeah I love that okay so um, Virago project definitely wants to highlight sports that, you know, Taylor and I don't know that much about field hockey. Can you go into some detail on what's next for team USA? What's your schedule looking like? And, um, you know, what sports women who are looking to support women's sport should be looking out in, in the near future. Yes, we are heading to Europe next week. We leave on Friday to play in our professional league games. We haven't had a game in like, I think it was like 400 something days. So it's our first in a while and it's exciting. Um, But any younger field hockey player who wants to watch, you can actually tune in now on the watch hockey app for free. You usually have to pay. So that's good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, We will link that in our description below. And um, if you don't mind, this is like us just asking people for help because we have a hard time, like always knowing. So if you are in a sport that, you know, is playing right now, has a big tournament. um, And obviously I'm asking you directly since I'm the one talking to you, if you'll tag us at the Virago project and either where to watch, um, like if you have just a tournament, like we can just do a nice little highlight piece on our story, but we're really trying to, um, show people what's coming up. So either shoot us a DM if there's not like a post, but I know, like, I'm not sure if team USA field hockey has like a link that, or like an Instagram page, but even just tagging us, whether you DM us, doesn't matter. We will share those because like, I want, I, I really have started watching, um, sports and it's, it's much easier to pick up than you think. Like you're kind of intimidated because you're like, Oh, I don't like, there's so many intricacies to volleyball that I'm like intimidated when I try to start a new sport, but the announcers in, uh, I think men's sports as well, but women's sports, I think are extraordinary, um, that they really like tell you what's going on. It's pretty easy to pick Mm -hmm. up. And if you don't get all the rules, that's fine. Like it'll just take time. So, um, I'm really excited. (laughs) So will you send us like a DM or something when those games are going on so we can watch? Cause I'm excited and that's awesome. It's free. Yes, absolutely. I would love that. Okay. So where can our listeners find you on social media? You can find me at Linnea Gonzalez underscore or holistic nay is my wellness page. Um, that's L-I-N-N-E-A, Gadala. Cool. Okay. We'll tag those. So we've got two pages for you to follow on Instagram. And then a third one, we'll, do, we'll drop the app in the description as well for how people can watch. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and sharing, because like I said, I think a lot of people just view these 
elite athletes as put them on a pedestal and just think they're these glass figures with no cracks. So thanks for kind of opening up and giving some tips for people on how to be a good teammate and um, that, not, you know, not everyone has it all together. So thanks so much for coming on today. Yes, thanks for having me. I hope this helps someone out there. Yeah, well, well, we'll continue to be in touch, working to promote field hockey. But again, thanks again, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.